Coming up this week, off-screen. Andrew Garfield briefs. Army Hammer gets called by his name. Only Jared Butler can stop a geostorm. Jigsaw returns with a new game. We head back to the Overlook for a issue of The Shining. It's time to bask all over again in perfect blue. And Grace Jones shows us Bloodlight and Bammy. All those to come and more, off-screen. This is... This is Off-Screen. Off-Screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, before the news, the reviews, box office top five. We should talk about Geostorm. We should talk about Geostorm. Uh, but, of course, we need something to kick us off, news-wise. Before we get to the absolute joy of Geostorm, I know you just want to talk about... I'm, here, I'm only here for Geostorm. I know, I know. But we can't, we can't just... We can't play our hand too early. We can't. It's too good. It's too much. There's too right. much storm. It's not just I've, any well, storm. Well, I've, I've, I've got news I like as well. I okay. don't like it as much as Geostorm, but That's fair. I do That's fair. really like it if it happens. Okay. All right. So it's kind of good. It's kind of good. good. Okay. Yeah, because Ben Mendelsohn is in talks to be the main villain for Captain Marvel. Okay. That's awesome. I like that. Love Ben Mendelsohn. Love him a lot. I liked him, in, uh, I liked him as the villain of Rogue One. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll like him as a villain of... Uh, of Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, no, of Ready uh, uh, Player One. Yes, he is, isn't he? I keep forgetting that one. Yeah, but, and uh, uh, he's going to be Sheriff Nottingham as well. Of course he is. So he's a villain of that as well, presumably. And, he's he's yeah. a villain a lot. He, he, he's, but, a, he's a good villain. But, but Yeah, because he's, he's good at it. Well, Rickman's not around anymore, so we need a natural successor. Why not Ben Mendelsohn? We need the Australian Rickman. That's what <laughs> we, we need. We need Australian Rickman. We'd be missing that. <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, we've not said who he's going to be playing, but we do know that... that Bad guys Ooh. are going to be scrolls, aren't scrolls. they? Scrolls. In which case, he could be the super scroll. Yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. So the scrolls are. Uh, that storyline in, in the comics does actually come after Civil War, mm. the secret invasion where the heroes start being yes. unmasked as alien imposters. I love that storyline as well. Oh, the actual the uh, Avengers animated series that's been out this last couple of years. Mm. Uh, I think Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, I think it was called. They did a good version yeah. of it. Well, uh, they've said that the title to Avengers Four mm. is a spoiler. Yes, they have. I wonder. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's because doesn't Captain Marvel come before Avengers Four? Yes. Oh my God! Like, it's... It, it comes out in March, and then the other one comes out May. So it could very easily be Secret Invasion. And this is set in the 90s. It is. Oh, my God. So the idea could be that they've had 30 years to get their pieces into play. I'm sold. You can sell me on that. If that is what's happened, that is genius. Oh, man. So we go from Josh Brolin to Ben Mendelsohn as a potential Avengers villain as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. I'm sold. Because he's he's a big name now. He is now. And he's he's worked like... How old is Ben Mendelsohn? He's like... It's got to be... (laughs) older than you think. It's got to be 50, something like (laughs) that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, alas, I look forward to that. So Brie Larson, Sam Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, that's all we know so far. That's all we know. Um, oh, and actually, he was in uh, Mississippi Grind. Yes, he the, was. Uh, the director yeah. of Mississippi Grind are obviously directing this. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense then, actually. I would actually believe the rumour then, in that case. Uh, oh, Anna man. Bowden and John Fleck, I want to say. Ryan Fleck. Ryan Fleck. Sorry, John Fleck is the actor from Star Trek. Sorry. That's it. But yeah, I'm all on board. Okay. And this, this, is, like, this is the last known original MCU film as well. It we is. don't know what the next... Could be Namor. Could be. We don't know. I mean, it won't be. Could be World War Hulk. We don't know. I mean, it's not going to be World War Hulk, is it? But could be. Could be Moon Knight. Could be. Will be. Will be. We were saying, weren't we? (laughs) A Sam. Well, I was saying a Sam Raimi directed Moon Knight. I would be down for that. Take my money. I would. I'd totally be down for that. So, uh, speaking of things that you are very down for, 
let's let's get to it. Let's let's just drop the mic. Let's get to the Geostorm. I'm so, so ready for this. Okay, we go to the plot. We do the clip, and then let's just go nuts. So it is a certain. It's like a couple of years in the future. Like two or three years in the future, I believe, somewhere. It's 2019. 2019. Okay, so climate change has just gone haywire. It's threatening to destroy all the planet. But don't worry, Gerard Butler's here. And he and the US government and the Chinese government have banded together and created Dutch Boy, a weather control system which actually surrounds the Earth in a literal, in a literal net of uh, satellites. And they're all connected by cables. Yeah. And it looks like an actual net. Um, Gerard Butler, through reasons relating to politics and his general uh, loutish... He's surly. Surly behaviour. He, he doesn't need a team. Yeah. He's, a, he's one man. He's a, he's a loose cannon. He don't play by He's a maverick. He's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, fired from the project. His brother, his younger brother, played by Jim Sturgis, takes his place. And three years later, well, something's wrong with Dutch Boy. And an Afghan village found, finds itself and all its citizens frozen to death. Mm. And Gerard Butler is whizzed out of <laughs> retirement and sent back into space to find out what's wrong with the satellite networks he developed. Here's a clip of him being pitched this mission. There's something wrong with Dutch Boy. No, there isn't. Well, an entire village of dead Afghans may disagree with you. And then yesterday, an airlock just just opened by itself. We lost one of our crew. Dutch Boy is not my problem anymore. That I am calling on. Because other than your daughter and your precious soccer club, Dutch Boy was all you ever gave a damn about. Oh, yeah, once. Yeah, but you took care of that. You don't care. No? Well, then what are you doing living out here? Yeah, in typical Gerard Butler style, he has a trailer home next to the launching pad for NASA. Well, I think that's Gerard Butler's actual home. I think it actually is, yeah. I did, actually, I learned the other day he has a home in New York. I didn't know this. In which he is keeps it? a giant piece of meteorite. So, oh, I, thought, I thought you were just going to say a giant piece of meat. <laughs> even better. No, Gerard Butler is the giant piece of meat. He is the giant piece of meat, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So this, right this was reportedly dogged by production troubles. Okay, so they went, they, they've made the movie. You can't tell. You went back. You be, can't tell. Be fair you can't. To it, no. You can't tell. They apparently made half of it again after the fact. You can't tell at all. No. No, no you really can't. It is seamless. Oh, yeah. It starts with its finger firmly over the moron button and it holds it there consistently throughout. This is a movie that absolutely knows what it wants to be. This is a movie that really knows how to sell Gerard Butler, the action hero scientist. Mm. And this is the weird part. Is it me, or have they got the two brothers cast the wrong way around for their actual respective storylines? I think so, yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? So you've got mm. Jim Sturgis, complete with his I've just had a lobotomy haircut. and Yeah, what? There's like a bit in his hair that's like it hanging changes off at as one well. Point. It's weird. He has like it's, a mullet. It's, it's a wig. It, but clearly is. Yeah. He looks like, you know in those, in, in From Hell, when they give uh, one of the victims the lobotomy, and then she has mm. that weird sort of scraggly haircut. looks exactly like that. It does. So, so Jim Sturgis... Yeah, lobotomized. Exactly. So Jim Sturgis on the ground with the world's most sexified Secret Service agent, played by Abby Cornish, who apparently was added in the reshoots. Um, was she? Yes. Apparently. She's in quite a lot. She's in quite a lot. That tells so we just like built a whole relationship, built a whole new female character. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And then you've got Gerard Butler on the space station, all of which looks strangely like the moon base set from Independence Day Resurgence, and he's working with. Uh, it's got to be the same set. It's got to be. It's got to be, yeah. And he's working with a female, with a German female scientist up there to try and figure out why this whole ghost and the machine thing's going off. Yeah. It's the dumbest movie I've seen in years. It makes the core look like Deep Impact. 
I think it's I think it's really great. (laughs) (laughs) For all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Because absolutely all the wrong reasons. It's like it's twelve different types of film in one. Yeah. It's it's it is literally a madcap comedy at one point. (laughs) It's a detective story in space at one point. (laughs) Oh no, it's a whodunit with one suspect. That's that's my favourite part. It's a whodunit that offers up one suspect and then expects you to be surprised. Who done it? Um him. Yeah, him, the only other character in this storyline. <laughs> what do you yeah, think it is? Yeah, yeah. And then there's, of course, there's the Who Done It in space, where it's oh yeah, but it's, it's, gonna it's, be, it's a twofer. It's going to be him, the one, only one with a personality. Yeah, they try to like <sighs> subvert it a little by thinking, oh, is it the sneak, the one that looks suspicious? No, no, it's not. No, it's the one with the personality. It's the arrogant yeah. one. Yeah. Oh god. And then there's Jared Butler, who at one point, and I couldn't explain this, he's weirdly puffy faced. He in is. The film. Do you know why? Because this came out last oh, week. Oh, is this for bee venom? Bee venom. Yeah. He's been having ten times the recommended dose of bee venom injected into himself for virility, basically. So I mean, the recommended dose, none. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Butler, so ten, ten times, times that. that. So he's had ten doses. Then. Ten doses of bee venom. This if you go to doctor, dermatology. If you go to doctor, and doctor says, take <laughs> take ten shots of bee venom. Walk out. Exactly. Don't have that's, that. that's the world's worst GP, isn't it? <laughs> that's Trump's GP. That's the one with the long hair. And, oh yeah. good god! Right. Um, it's go so, see it. Yeah. Go see it. Go see this. You will laugh so hard at it that you can't honestly say you disliked it. No, no one's disliking. I mean, I, I think I think it's laughing as well. I think that film is laughing. Yeah. Uh, Andy Garcia was laughing over to the bank. Andy Garcia, whose character doesn't have a name for the first two thirds, you're just calling him President. Yeah, and then it's Palmer. Was pa- it? Ike's Palmer. Oh no, it, it's Palmer with an A on the end, not ER, which I thought it was. So it, it it's the Latino Palmer. It's I, I did Palmer. appreciate that because yeah. I mean. Since the West Wing, you don't see many Latino presidents, do you? <laughs> right, back me up on this as well. If you swapped out Gerard Butler for Casper Van Dien, you'd have oh, a sci-fi right. channel movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of love that about this $130 million spectacle. I can't believe it's cost that much. <laughs> oh, neither can I. Should we uh, plug our competitions and podcast really quick? Are we plugging Geostorm? We stuff? do have a Geostorm competition. Then plug let's, away, let's son. Plug away. Okay, so competitions. Until the 30th, we've got three competitions going. We've got Gifted. We're giving away DVDs for that. We've got A Man Called Ove, Blu-rays and novels. We've got Lego Ninjago. We're giving you a full merchandise pack. T-shirts, gym bag. You know, lots of fun All in the there. Stuff, yeah. All the stuff. And Geostorm. Complete the survival pack, backpack, emergency thermal blanket, solar power, ch- solar battery charger, and a lightning beanie, which is what everyone needs. Yeah, so if you find yourself in space, yeah, trying to put some satellites back together, yeah. you've got it covered. If you, need to, if you need to rewire a satellite network, you've got all the things you need. And all you need to do is pop along to onscreenfilm.com, go in our competition section, and boom, Bob's your brother's brother. In there's, the meanwhile... There's still more I want to talk about. There is. Um, in the meanwhile, though... Uh, uh, we got Geostorm in the actual box office top five, so we get to talk about it all over again. I'll talk about it then. You will. Um, in the meanwhile, don't forget Podcast Edition on Acast, Deezer, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Pick your podcast platform of choice, and you will find the extended version of the off-screen show. Oh, I thought you were going to have some like dope like alliteration, man. No. Pick your podcast, podcast poison. Oh. Podcast Poison, yes, that works. Yeah. Oh, pick your podcast poison there, you then. Okay, and don't forget this week, that is where we are reviewing Jigsaw and The Shining. They will be in the podcast extras after the credits. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. Back and dancing, Mr. Allen. So, where should we go next? Um, that film that uh, Andy Serkis has made. Is it about the prodigy? That there. Uh, Old Spider-Man. That old Spider-Man. And, and the, you know, Queen. 
The Queen. The Queen from, from the oh, Crown. Oh, yeah, that there Queen. Yeah, I thought I thought Helen Mirren was in this. Oi, Queen. <laughs> Oi, Queenie. What are you doing? <laughs> She's going to be uh, Elizabeth uh, Sander, isn't she? Yes, so Claire Foy is going to be Elizabeth Sander, yes. There you go, bonus news. And uh, and she's going to have an evil twin sister in this one, but I'll save that for you in the film news to come. In fact, if you want to do that after this, you can. Right, so... Segway. Segway. Okay, so, uh, Breathe, which is based on the uh, true story of Robin Cunningham. It is uh, the directorial debut of Andy Serkis as well. Robin Cunningham uh, basically got polio. He was a he was a, an athlete, a cricket player. He got polio um, shortly after his wife became pregnant. He was given a diagnosis of mere weeks to live as was the case at the time it just wasn't a condition that people uh, lasted very long with he had to be kept on a ventilator in order to keep breathing and he and his very creative friends what the, the main one of whom is played by Hugh Bonneville um, yes. come up with a way to actually design a portable ventilator that can be put onto a wheelchair and allow him a life outside of being bedridden and allow him to actually go out into the world however because of the funding involved in actually creating the chair in order to actually make it something that other people with his condition can benefit from mm. he, he, he quickly draws the ire of for instance the uh, d- disabled charitable communities etc and he's looked down upon as being sort of weird and kind of a strange revolutionary because of it and it is this this tailored adversity how he wants to basically make life better for people with disabilities in a time when that just wasn't the dumb thing here is a clip of uh, of andrew garfield shortly after his diagnosis everything's as bad as it could possibly be but i can't go on coming in here and have you say that you wish you were dead because you're not dead and that's that Robin. Come on, there must be something I can do to make things more bearable. Claire Foy and Andrew Garfield there, and okay, so the performances are very good here, and uh, so Andrew Garfield kind of gets your uh, <laughs> your token Oscar worthy. I'm I'm the I'm the guy in the disabled role thing. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, Eddie Redmayne, the form. Eddie Redmayneing for best Redmayne. Yeah, in any Redmayne. Form. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, the the best Redmayneing. The yeah, Redmaynees. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. The Redmaynees. Um, and but obviously this time around, rather like Theory of Everything, Claire Foy emerges the star. So in the way that Felicity Jones emerges <laughs> the star of the Theory mm. of Everything. Uh, Claire Foy emerges the star here and the film does have a little bit of tonal overlap with the theory of everything the stories are kind of similar in one sense and there is a sort of the, the adversity angle of it um, I would argue this is a lot more likeable than the theory of everything was it's a bit more twee a bit more <laughs> ye old classic British uh, you've got Tom Hollander pulling the army hammer trick and playing twin brothers you've got Hugh Bonneville sh- I know um, uh, Tom Hollandish I want to say um, and then you've got Hugh Bonneville who's given it some of the old college chump. Stephen Mangan turns up in quite a likeable small role as well. I like Stephen Mangan a lot. I do as well. I like it when he's in films. I do. I'm very disappointed to see the end of episodes recently, though. And uh, you're looking at me like you didn't know that. It ended. I know that it's ended. Ah, okay. I thought you meant something like that happened. Oh, no, no, the end is it's finished. It came yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know oh, it's okay. finishing. I thought, like, his character died or something where you'd said <laughs> no, it. No, I think it actually ends in Soho screening rooms, believe it or not. But uh, I, will, yeah, I will watch it. Very weird. Um, but, yeah, I do like the performances all around. Andy Serkis gives it a good go behind the camera as well. He's clearly got some chops for this. It's surprising, not really surprising, actually, given the amount of second unit work he's done in his career to date that he's managed to, to perfect it to the level mm. he has here. Yeah, it was the second unit on... Uh, was, was it... It wasn't Lord of Rings, was it The Hobbit? I think it was one of The Hobbits, yeah. yeah. 
Well, was it the first one, I think? But, I think uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, very solid work. Um, it's not a groundbreaking movie or anything like that, it, but it is very good. It's, it's a better version yeah. of The Theory of Everything. Mm. It's quite personal to him as well, isn't it? It is. He, his his, his mum yeah. was evolved with... Yeah, as well, and I believe the producer of the film is actually uh, Robin Cunningham's son. Oh, cool! So, is it son or grandson? Um, and he apparently brought the script to Andy Circus. That's <laughs> how it worked. So he's wow. actively involved in this film, and it does kind of show because there is a reverence to it. I quite like it when it's a family affair like yeah, that. It really is. Like there is a uh, there's a new Dracula being hmm. written. I think we we spoke about. <gasps> we did, it. yes. And the person who is writing it is Daker. Sto- yeah, Daker Stoker. Daker isn't Stoker. It? Yeah. Great, 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 <laughs> great grandson or something like that. It's pretty well, awesome. Which is fair, fair, absolutely. You know, he's got the, he's got the the best effort to prove it. He can write what he wants. Yeah. But so, um, piece of news before we go to Miss Jones. Yeah, let's let's tie it in. So we're talking about uh, Clefoy being uh, in uh, the Girl the, the Spider's girl. Web. Yeah. Yeah. I always get confused. I do. I know that this is one that has not been filmed this one well this is one that wasn't written by the original guy either this yeah. is the fourth in the trilogy to quote the orange advert <laughs> yes this is literally the fourth we're, yeah. we're gonna make the fourth in the trilogy yeah. uh, trilogy the trilogy's free yeah it's literally in this case the fourth in the trilogy I miss those orange adverts <laughs> I, I miss it I, I love that guy as well I love it like he quit those to actually be in films properly and the only one I can remember seeing him in is State of Play yes he was in State of Play but, uh, yeah yeah, but yeah so, um uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Howick, so we say? Sylvia Howick, I think we're going with that, yeah. Yeah, from Blade she, Runner she's going to be in uh, Girl in the Spiders Web. And she's her evil twin. Yeah, I'm down with that. Does that make her a hacker as well? Is she going to do the gothy makeup thing as well? I uh, Maybe. Hmm, we shall we see. We shall see. We shall but, see. Um, uh, Fede Alvarez is directing it, and I've, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan. I like the Evil Dead remake. I very much liked uh, Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. Oh, Don't Breathe was great. It really was. I might watch that again this Halloween. I can't watch it with my dog in the house, though, because she goes nuts. So. Not a Stephen Lang fan. No, Lola yeah. just doesn't like other dogs on our TV. She right. she tries to protect you from them by barking at the TV. Mm. So Don't Breathe is not a film I can mm. rewatch very often. That film's got your boy in it as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Dylan Minnette. Dylan Minnette, yeah. My boy, dog. He's D- my boy. Dylan, Dylan, my boy. <laughs> but, okay, from my boy to your girl, let's talk about Ms. Jones. <laughs> she is my, my girl. She, she is. Yeah. And uh, having seen the film, I can see why you would love her so much. Um, Grace Jones, Bloodlight and Barmy, uh, which is a documentary apparently 10 years in the making. Really? So apparently they have filmed this over the course of 10 years. And it is half concert movie, half documentary, would be the best way to describe it. So what you have is a series of intercut a series of performances from different gigs intercut with uh, basically just scenes from her life how she wanders from one gig to the next contract negotiations which are really something to behold you, you've not lived until you've seen a Grace Jones concert, a contract negotiation which well, literally yeah. involves her adopting a Jamaican accent and screaming at someone down the phone um, <laughs> really um, and that's it and it is just a portrait of Grace Jones the woman and Grace Jones the performer and the very thin line that exists between the pair here's a clip the performer out there takes the risk it's a lonely place but it's a fascinating lonely place been around the block too many times. Around the globe is more like it. Hello! I had so much rage. I'm a gypsy. Please. Did you ever think that Grace would be a, a movie star? Sure, baby. Listen to me. I'm human, man. I'm human. 
Alan. So, yeah, Grace Jones on the big screen again, Mr. Alan. I love her. I love her so much. I can see why. I hope we, I hope we all have the opportunity to be this active when we're 69 years mm. old. That's insane to me. I couldn't believe that until you told me. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so this is uh, directed by uh, Sophie Fines, who brought us uh, The Pervert's Guide to Cinema about 10 years ago. Um, and this is the thing, you don't really get much of a directorial sense for it, given the sort of style of film that it is. Mm. There's a lot of handheld, a lot of personal footage intercut with effectively static gig shots. Um, but obviously the star of this is the energy and the, the charisma of Grace Jones herself. And if you are a fan, which I know you are, I'm not particularly a Grace Jones fan. Um, you know, I love what she represents in cinema. In that moment, she was the Bond, the unlikely Bond so, girl. Yeah. Um, uh, Mayday. Mayday, yes. Mayday. And, and oh, was it Conan the Destroyer she was in as well, I think? Yeah, uh, Zula. Zula, yes. Yeah. Right, so this is the thing. I'd imagine if you are a fan in the manner that you are, you're going to eat this film up. It has so many just great vintage Grace Jones moments. Just Grace Jones there. being Grace Jones. Just Grace Jones being Grace Jones. And her, her charisma and her personality really does permeate the screen. It really does grip you. Um, I say, I say this as someone who isn't a particularly a Grace Jones fan. I did find myself captivated and enthralled by her and wanted to know more about, really, what she's been up to since. I, I kind of now actually do want to learn more about Grace Jones, mm. which from a concert movie slash... Because academically, this doesn't have, this isn't a million miles removed from Katy Perry's part of me. so Which is not bad. I've seen some of it. Yeah, it's, it's not on bad. Netflix. It's not bad. It is on Netflix, yeah. and uh, the moments with Russell Brand are weirdly hilarious now. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they really are. Kind of like they after really facts. are. They are after the were, fact. Were you a uh, slave to the rhythm? I, I, I was a slave to the yeah. rhythm very much. <laughs> uh, I look forward to enjoying the rhythm again. Um, I, I can't wait for you to see it. I'm very curious to see what you make of it as well, because I'd, I'd be fascinated to see what you get out of it that I didn't. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, do you want some fun? Should we have some fun now? I do want fun. Fun is fun. Fun is fun. Fun is fun. So, box office top five? Let's do it. Let's rock. Number five The Death of Stalin. I've still not seen it. I am 100% going to see it by the end of next week. Because I'm on half term. You are, yes. Yay, I get to do things like watch films. But you, you, well, you're getting a whole day of them, courtesy of uh, the National Press Show. So. Yeah, and we'll probably talk about that later we on. We will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Death of Stalin, I absolutely loved. I had such a good time with this. I think it might be the funniest thing Armando Alinci has ever put his name to. Um, I think Jason Isaacs steals it, for reasons I won't go into. <laughs> um, Andrea Reisberg, Rupert Friend, Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, Michael Palin. Rupert, Rupert Friend, same uh, as well? Rupert, Fre- Rupert Friend, yeah. Um, yeah. Simon Russell. Beal as well. Yeah, Abs- cast. amazing cast. We offered up great writing, lavish cinematography, and they just deliver what can only be described as in the loop for Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, loop ins you. <laughs> so, uh, has Twitter got anything on the matter? Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, at Katie Tatey123. Okay. I'm enjoying that name. I am indeed. Or Katie Wood. Okay. Uh, she saw The Death of Stalin last night. Brackets, the film, not actual event. Not the actual event. That's fair. That's fair. Amazing. Uh, utterly wonderful. Bravo at a energy. Number four. Happy Death Day. I've seen this. What did you think of it? I had a lot of fun. 
Okay. It's just really, yeah, it's a good time. That seems to be the consensus. A lot of people are going with, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's not a scary, scary horror movie. No, not. I, and I don't think it makes any bones about that. I think it's it's more. I think it's quite refreshingly light-hearted, quite enjoyably comedic. And I really like that about. It. I like the performance though uh, from the lead actress uh, Jessica Rothe. Yeah, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Uh, no, I hadn't. Either. She's one of the girls from La La Land. Uh, yeah, I did yeah. see that. She's uh, she's one of her one of the three friends, roommates. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. But uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Really liked um, the the idea that this is the latest Blumhouse thing. I think it's a little gem in the Blumhouse crowd. Yeah. Blumhouse um, are rocking out. Oh, they? they really are. Spend two or three million on a film, and get yeah. some good ideas behind it, make a bunch of money. Have, I don't think I've asked you this. Have you heard of the Nerdist episode with Jason Blum uh, yet? Do you want to know? I would no. be, I'd be really interested. I listened to it last week. Really interesting. Really good. Check is that is it out. worth putting up with Chris Hardwick for? Just about. I know it's a, it's a fine line for me to have to put up with Chris yeah. Hardwick. But yeah, so, sometimes I don't mind it, but sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what have you got to tweet on this one? I do uh, at uh, Chris Hayden ninety nine. Some some boring names. Okay, some boring names. Uh, Happy Death Day is the most surprising and subversive slasher f- uh, flick since Scream. It manages to be a feel good horror film. Awesome. I agree. I agree as well. Number three. <laughs> Oh, I love that song. I thought you It's might. 1997. <laughs> Tim Wheeler is popular. Uh, like a Ninjago movie. Which I had a lot of fun with. I, I, still, I, I still want to say Ninjago. Ninjago. Yeah, I kind of do sometimes as well. But no, um, I uh, I think it's the weakest of the three Lego movies. But it's still really good. It's still really, really good, really, really fun, really enjoyable. It's a better Power Rangers movie than either of the two Power Rangers movies. Oh, I don't know. I have a news. <laughs> well, exactly. But this does have uh, this does have Jackie Chan. So, uh, 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 oh. Anyway, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, have we got a tweet on that? We do. Um, at Neil Fix. Uh, just watched Lego Ninjago. Odd, but surprisingly good. I like how uh, to the point with this. That is very to the point. Yeah. Number two. Best one we've here so far. Uh, what have we got? Oh, Geo- oh Geostorm. Storm. Okay, so Geostorm. Well, when you see our review, uh, it's uh, it's a film I laughed my ass off at um, for all the wrong reasons, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it because mm. I was having such fun laughing at it. Um, I I have a theory. Go on. I think this is this is a shared universe kind of a scenario. And what, shared what's with gravity <laughs> and Apollo thirteen. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you explain that another time, but uh, I'm looking forward to it because I'll just say Ed Harris. I'll just say Ooh, Ed Harris. Yes, yeah, that is an excellent S- point. Same character. Do you think he retired from Mission Control and then went into? And then went into politics. Yeah, yeah. That's is what he, I'm thinking. Is he the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Defense? I can't remember. Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Ah, yeah. fair enough. Um, so at all wrong think. Okay, all wrong think. Work on your names, people. Work on your names. <laughs> Work on your Twitter. This is the problem with Twitter. I know. Jim uh, Storm is a movie written by someone whose only contact with other humans is other movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like Homer Simpson writing to Mad Max. Hey, it's not just it's not like a Chromebook. You can't just switch off. it off and on again. <laughs> terrible, terrible line. Number one. Blade Runner, the new one. The new one. That's what it should have been called. Um, one of probably the best live-action sequel since Godfather 2. I absolutely love it. It's yeah. a gorgeous, since stunning Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Oh, God, yeah. Totally. Yeah, but, chapter, chapter 2. I'm sure, or, or, or since a very Brady sequel. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's your go-to. That's my go-to, a very Brady sequel. Or yeah. D2, The Mighty Ducks. 
D two is genuinely fantastic. D two is a great sequel. I give you. I give you its due. But it's I, no I, Blade Runner twenty four nine. No, it's 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 not. Blade Runner twenty four nine. It could have done with some more Emilio Estevez. It could, yeah. yeah. But I say that about this movie. I could watch it on mute. And I would still find it as astonishing. Yeah, or you could watch it with no dialogue. Or you could watch it with no dialogue. Or you could watch it with the with the visuals switched off yeah. and still love it. I've, I've just listened to the score. I've it's just listened to that in my car. It? it really is. It's the closest I'm ever going to be touch of being Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling has never been in Ford Focus in his life. Uh, yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Actually, yeah. yeah, Ryan Gosling does not know what a Focus is. Ryan Reynolds drove a Fiesta in the Hitman's Bodyguard. I, he did. I appreciated that. Yes, yeah, he did. I liked that. <laughs> Uh, so Twitter Go on What would tweet have we got? At Neon Neon Taster Neon Taster Okay mm, Okay Says uh, So Blade Runner 2049 Again Clearly fan Clearly uh, Movie of the year One of the best sci-fi flicks Of the past 20 years And one of the best sequels Ever made I concur I concur as Sounds well like we all concur Yeah it's good Harrison Ford Is not phoning it in He's not He's not It's strange how, how effective he is Actually when he isn't Phoning it in He's yeah. still got the goods but, yeah, I can't wait to see it again. Did you see that? Um, I mean, it's a bit of a day word right now, but uh, there was an honest trailer about Blade Runner. <laughs> yes. And at the end, we say, what what role would you like to see Harrison Ford go back to next? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, re-regarding Henry. Re-regarding Henry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or oh, Air Force 2. Oh, Air actually, Force 2. One. Yeah, Air Force yeah, 2 Air is Force one, two. isn't it? Yeah. Well, we are getting Genius. Air Force 2 because it's going to be uh, the Olympus Has Fallen threequel. Yeah, called Angel Has Angel's- Fallen. Oh, uh, film news for that one, by the way. Um, Gerard Butler. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, go on, uh, go on. You say it, you say so it. So Gerard Butler has said that uh, the Angel Angel has fallen is going to be like Logan. That's amazing to me. Yes. It's going to be a smaller, more personal film. Yeah. But on the president's plane. On the president's plane. Do you know who the president's going to be? Because Aaron Eckhart is not going to be in it. Aaron so, Eckhart's not, but Morgan Freeman is. So Morgan so, Freeman, because he, he could have he, graduated he, up. He was the Veep, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the Veep yeah. in the second. He was the Secretary of State in the... Oh, no, he's the Speaker of the House Speaker in the, of the House. first one. Yeah. Then he's the Veep in the second, so he might be president. Might be president. I'm telling you, get Gary Busey in, 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 in which case... Go on. Shared University of Impact, he actually <laughs> survived. He actually survived. <laughs> he was in a bunker... And we found him, and he was Fair like, enough. "I don't want the top job again. Too stressful. I'll be Secretary of State. Get me." And then he's accidentally get, graduated. Get, get, up the get me Two Face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. That's, that's your arc. Oh my god! Amazingly, that would work. So, um, should we do a really quick review? Um, a really quick review to, of uh, Perfect Blue. Mm. which is not a film I was overly familiar with. It's being reissued this week, um, and it's an anime movie. I'm just pulling up the details on here. It's an anime movie from 1997, or 1997, sorry. Um, And this is really something. This is about a a one-third of a pop act, a pop duo called Cham. Right, they are three sort of teenage uh, teenage schoolgirls, who one of whom quits the band and decides she wants to go into acting. She's leaving the band to pursue her dream of acting. Queen of a band, man. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she starts being inundated with threats by fax because this was 1997, um, and she's given a link to a website that seems to spy on her every move, and at one point even features uh, diary entries supposedly written by her in which she sort of derides her career and her fan base. Um, she starts like pursuing the acting career. She takes on roles that prove a bit psychologically taxing for her, and she's basically being stalked by a psychopath. Mm. And what you, what you get very quickly is a sort of who is the psycho unmasking the nutter kind of a storyline. It's a bit sleeping with the enemy, a bit single white female, uh, a bit the bodyguard, but without the actual bodyguard. And it's 
It's gorgeous to look at. It's absolutely stunning. Um, and it's really ahead of its time in terms of how it views, uh, you know, online stalking and things like that. This is 97. It's really ahead of It's like shockingly ahead of the curve. You, with regard, you know, if you disregard the, the sort of the dating of the visuals, which is a little bit of crackling, a little bit of distortion, um, you would think this was a film that was cobbled together last week. It's really astonishing. It's very gripping. It's very graphic in places as well. Um, and yeah, from, from opening to ending, I was I was absolutely hooked on this. It's stunning. I mean, hmm. I haven't ever seen. It. I don't know if you have. Uh, no, I've I've heard of it. But no, never seen it. Definitely worth Check checking it out. out. It's it's say it's something that kind of I think kind of flew under the radar because at that point we were all talking about things like Ghost in the Shell and Akira and yeah. films like that. So it's something like this kind of went unfairly under the radar. And it's really so like it's astonishing. You watch this, I'm like, oh my god! Um, can we uh, have a live action remake? Uh, can we uh, whitewash it? Can we have a live action remake? Can we whitewash it? Mm. Um, I think Ghost in the Shell has proven that you actually can, um, <laughs> but whether but, you should, yeah, but whether you yeah. should, you spent so much time uh, thinking yeah. about whether or not you could. <laughs> you absolutely shouldn't, though. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. On-screen radio show. And we're back for one last round, Mr. Allen. So, <laughs> say it again. Say it like Vin Diesel. One last round. There it is. <laughs> I ain't got podcasts. I got family. Family. <laughs> family. Family. <laughs> so, uh, a piece of film news to take me to the last review, then, what we got? Cool. So, you know this uh, Dick Cheney film that's coming out? Uh, yeah, that's the Christian Bale one. Yeah, it sounds yeah. amazing, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Really that's good. the one with Tyler Perry as as uh, Colin Powell, uh, Sam is. Rockwell as George W. Bush, uh, Kristen Wiig or Amy Adams, I can't remember which one. As I get those two actresses confused. Really? Yeah. I understand Rachel McAdams and Amy Adams. Well, it's just a name. Yeah. But they're, they're playing uh, Cheney's wife. That's it, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'll I'm aware of that film. Scratch out, forget that. We're not talking about that film. Okay. Like we are going to talk about another film about Colin Powell. Okay. Yeah. Tyler Perry's going to play Colin Powell in that one, you said. Yes. There's going to be a full film about Colin Powell, played by Morgan Freeman. Wow, you couldn't get two more disparate actors than Colin Powell and Tyler... Uh, than Morgan Freeman and Tyler Perry, could you? I don't know. Uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Kamon Jane Wallace. Yeah, well, that, that's very different. That, that's a We've very not mentioned Kamon Jane Wallace for No, I feel like we should have a bell that we just ring <laughs> Come on, Kamon Jane Wallace. So, yeah, so Morgan Freeman. That's good. That's I can, I can definitely see that. Oh, hang on. Is this one... This is He's going to be the focus of that movie, then, rather than a bit player I, in the yeah, one. Yeah, I understand Tyler Perry's... Uh, Colin Powell is going to be... Not a bit player, but, like, it's going to be... In the Entourage, I guess, or, okay, so or in the Ensemble. As far as I know, the Colin Powell one is going to be called Colin. Uh, Colin. <laughs> right. Colin. First of all, everyone's going to Colin. call it. Everyone's going to call it Colin. Yeah, and and how, how many people? Colin Colin Powell is a different bloke. Yeah, right, lives in Norwich yeah. somewhere. Colin Powell. Colin is, Powell is the local grocer in in a town in Norwich. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, he's not the Secretary of Defence. He's the Secretary <laughs> of like TVs in, right. a, in a Curry's. Everyone's calling that. Everyone's going to call that film Colin. Absolutely, yeah. and there'll be a small contingent of people who call it Colin. Colin. Yeah. So you know that's not going to go well. One of my favourite. Oh, hang on, I have heard something about this. Isn't this uh, the director of Marshall? The director of Marshall's doing oh, this, he isn't he? Yeah, Reginald Hudlin. I believe his name is. That's a great name. Director yeah. Marshall. He's directing this as well. That's very cool. Which I'm looking forward to. I was going to say, one of my favourite things about working at a cinema was when people would ask for a ticket for a film, but completely get the name (laughs) wrong. So instead of The Conjuring, it became The Conjuring. Oh, God. Uh, There was a Polish fellow once that wanted a ticket for uh, 12 Years a Slove. What's a Slove? That's what I said. Is it like a clove? 
<laughs> maybe. Right, I, I then corrected him. I maybe shouldn't have done. I said, oh, uh, you mean they're 12 years a slave? And then he said, no, slave. 12 years a slave. So that's... that's you, hang on, no, no, you mean prisoners who have jobs. Prisoners who have jobs. <laughs> I love that so no, much. Not slaves. Prisoners, prisoners who have jobs. jobs. <laughs> that, yeah. that is a Thor reference. That's yeah, all because the, it's out. Yeah, it's that, out. We can, we, can, we can say that now because the film's out. But yes, I don't like that term. Prisoners who have jobs. <laughs> it's a S word. <laughs> no, let me talk yeah. then really quickly about Call Me By Your Name, which yeah, I really, think you really might about. have heard about. I told you about this like six months ago. It, well, yeah, because that's how long everyone's been talking about it, because it's played at every festival in existence for what All seems like a festivals. year. Yeah. It does seem about a year, doesn't it? But the buzz is still there. The buzz is still there. It's been tipped for Oscars, for Golden Globes, for Emmys, that kind of thing. Golden Globes? One of those is TV, isn't it? Golden Globes is TV. Golden Globes is both. Golden Globes is both. Emmys is TV. Emmys is Sorry. just TV. Right, okay, so it's being tipped for every award going, and you know what? It will get mentioned uh, when the when the award season properly begins. So it's uh, directed by, uh, we said this last week, Lu- Luca Guadagnino we Guadagnino. went with. Right. Are we still going with that? Are we still going with that? And it's written by James Ivory, and it is based on <laughs> uh, a novel set in the 1980s, and it follows the relationship between Elio, who is a 17-year-old boy on holiday with his parents, and their American guest, uh, Oliver, played by Army Hammer, who I think is meant to be in his early 20s or 25-ish. Mm. And uh, it's their emerging friendship and the relationship, that the eventual relationship that develops between them. So Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet star in this. And Michael Stuhlbarg turns up as Elio's yeah. dad. Um, uh, Mr. Pillman or Dr. Pillman, I'm not sure, but he's Ronald. like he's an academic. Yeah. Um, whom Army Hammer seems to uh, have a sort of working relationship with, and that's how he's he's known to sort of come as the house guest. And it is. There's the summer in Italy in 1983, and the love that dare not speak its name. Here is a clip. I've never even heard of the Battle of Piave. Battle of Piave is one of the most lethal battles in World War I. 170,000 people die. Is there anything you don't know? I know nothing, Oliver. Well, you seem to know more than anybody else around here. Well, if you only knew how little I know about the things that matter. What things that matter? You know what things. That clip is unfair, actually, one regard, because it makes the film sound sleazier than it actually is. Um, and that's something you need to get out of the way with this one, because I, have, I hadn't seen a trailer. I hadn't seen any clips from it. Had you not? No, I, I kind of just managed to not see it. Not intentionally, I thought that. I just hadn't seen anything mm. from it. I'd just seen a couple of still images, and, you know, the kind army hammer in the in the, 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 the swim shorts and the open shirt. Yeah, have you, you've, you've yeah. seen the, the hammer dancing meme as well. Yes. But uh, yeah. the, the weird thing about this, it actually, is that I went in, based on just the plot synopsis, expecting something actually a little sleazier, like that clip would sort of inadvertently suggest. I was expecting below her mouth, but for early 80s gay men. And no, below his mouth. Not below his mouth. Um, not the case at all. What you get, actually, is something of a very touching coming-of-age story about this 17-year-old boy, and it just happens to be... It's kind of incidental to the plot that mm. he has this relationship with Army Hammer's character. It's not, that's not the thrust of the plot at all. No pun intended. Do not, don't laugh at me. I can see you, I can see it bubbling up. Stop it, stop it. Anyway, that's Why not, did you use that word? <laughs> I, I don't know, it just happened. Yeah. Right. Um, it is a really touching coming of age story. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to let that laugh sink in. Just um, don't look at me in the eyes. I'm not looking you in the eyes. So Timothy Chalamet is a real find, and there has been talk about yeah, having a that. sequel, and having yeah. that character appear in other things. I can see why. 
I can mm. see why, because the performance is great. I guess before when we saw the film, when the news came out that it was potentially going to have a sequel and then mm-hmm. a trilogy was planned, and we were like, what? Yeah. But now that we've heard more about it, now that you've seen it, yes. and it's been likened to the Before series. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I can see... And, uh, and Chalamet is absolutely the reason to see the film. He's, his emotional range is absolutely gobsmacking. The, 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 the way that... It's a very raw film. The way that he deals with the, the trials and tribulations of, you know, that being that age and having that summer. Mm. And... His performance is absolutely brilliant. He reminds me, actually, he's like a more talented Aaron Taylor-Johnson. If you remember Aaron Johnson at that age. He's like, a, he's like be, him. Before he got the, the yeah. Taylor. Before yeah. he got oh, the no, Taylor. No, he, he, was, he was Taylor, wasn't he? Before he got the Johnson. Was he? I, I don't he? remember if he was Aaron which, Taylor or Aaron Johnson. Which was he first? Which was he? I don't know. I'm going to have to look that yeah, up. I, I apologise. <laughs> but yeah, he's like him, but he can act. And uh, yeah, Michael Stuhlbarg, though, for me, is the MVP of this. Um, I, I think love his, You will in this as well. He's playing older than his years. He is playing it older than he actually seems to outwardly be. Mm. And it's a performance that he very much brings the heart and soul to. And he does seem to be the sort of the voice of heart and soul in the whole film. It's sublimely directed. It's got a visual style that really does set it apart from other things. And actually, yes, that's where the comparison with something like the Before Trilogy comes in. Because it has very much that feel, that sort of... that kind of in-the-air kind of ethereal quality that those films had where you can feel the palpable relationships and the and the chemistry and you can feel those sparks in the air. Um, Army Hammer is on fine form here, actually, I must say. I mean, he's not particularly required to do much more than we've ever seen him do before, but it's a very good performance. It's a very likable and endearing performance, and he has that streak of arrogance that uh, that he kind of needs for it. That the character needs the smug and cocky kind of American student <clears throat> in instantly kind of thing. What are you going to say? Do it, Van. Do it. Say something nice about Army Hammer. Fine. Army Hammer is very good in this movie, Case. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, well, don't worry, I've not asked you to say something nice about Miles Teller. I was going to say, Miles Teller sucks. But yeah, Michael Stuhlbarg, MVP, uh, Army Hammer, yeah. very good in it. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, breakout star of this. Mm. Please, this kid's going to have a career. He really is. And yeah. my awards season I've, I've really been excited about this film. And for good reason. For, deservedly so. I think mm. when you see it, you will you very much get to you'll you'll get to the nerve of it quite quickly, and you'll see the the why it's as regarded as it is. Yeah. But I liked it very much. I did. I liked it a lot more than Breathe. And seeing both those films the same day, I saw them back to back. Breathe and Call Me by Your Name, and it was a case of. It seems weird that we've got two films of this sort of you know historical period piece, you know, that are about human relationships and adversity. It seemed weird seeing them both back to back. Mm. I mean, if they'd been broken up by Grace Jones, it would have been a very interesting day. But <laughs> you always need Grace Jones in the middle. You need a Grace Jones sandwich. <laughs> exactly. So uh, let's. Uh, we have to pick a film of the week. So yeah, there's uh, been some good ones. I mean, Geostorm. Geostorm. Obviously, Geostorm. Geostorm. But Geostorm yeah. technically opened last week. And Thor Ragnarok. So, so you're calling it film of the month? Is what you really call film, it? Film of the year, man. Um, I mean, Thor Ragnarok opened on Tuesday, so technically that's film of this week. Wasn't it film of last week as well? It was also the film of last week, though. So it's very yeah, good. It's very good. Very very good. Um, however, I'm going to give film of the week on its own merit to Perfect Blue. I'd never really? seen it. I think it's tremendous. I genuinely think it's brilliant. I think everyone should see this film the first chance they get. I think it's great. All For right. a 20-year-old anime film, I'm sold. I really am. <laughs> 
But uh, I, I know yeah. it's, it's, had, it's had it's it's weird, but like it's twenty years old. So it's never 20 like, years old. Yeah. It's film of the week. Uh, but also, if you've never <laughs> seen of, uh, yeah. yeah, if you've never seen decades. The Shining, obviously you should see that because we're going to review that in the podcast extras along with Jigsaw. Um, but, but alas, next week we've got some stuff, and you're coming with me to press shows next week. This was the news. Yes, this is the news. Yeah, so Monday you're with yeah. me all day for press shows. So you and I. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. There's going to be loads of pictures on exactly. our feed of just yeah hanging out in London and our our repertoire for the day on Monday. So films we're reviewing next week that will be seen together includes Marjorie Prime with John Hamm yeah, um, Hambone. We, Hambo. Uh, we've got The Killing of a Sacred Deer with Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. Can't wait for that. We've got 7852, a documentary about the shower scene in Psycho. That's just going to be amazing. And we'll be rounding out our day of press shows with the legendary cosmic battle through the stars that is... Predator. I've never seen Predator on a big screen. Oh, I, think I can't I've seen wait. Once on a big screen, I, I loved it. Uh, also, out next week, we're going to have a reissue of The Silence of the Lambs. It's just that time of year, isn't just it? Just that time October. of year. October. Uh, we're going to have Thelma as well. Uh, we're going to have Ferrari Race to Immortality, which is an interesting documentary about guess what? And the sequel that's got a kind of arrival three weeks behind it: A Bad Mom's Christmas. Boo! Three weeks before Daddy's Home 2, otherwise known as A Bad Daddy's Christmas. I'm a man, and apparently you can only be one good gender, according to the first film. <laughs> Go away. Be <laughs> <laughs> Kunis. So, so, oh, hang on, no, no, the part of that film is the, the men are good, the women are bad. That's the way, that's the way that title is structured. But the plot of that, of that film is that there has to be one parent that just does everything, and for... Yes, for you know all what? the time it's just been women. You are right. You are absolutely and then, right. And the then the, the, the resolution of the film is just all the guys just being miserable. Why can't everyone just be miserable together doesn't and the, have to do everything together? Doesn't the trailer set forth the idea Why can't that mums can't always? enjoy Christmas? Yes, yeah, so it's uh, just it's, it's the first film, but just in December. It's got Larry David's wife in it. Do you know it? what? It's got it's got Shell Hines and it's got Christine Baranski and it's got Susan Sarandon, so that's great. I'm sold. I'm sold. So Susan Sarandon reminds me of my mum, though, so really? I, I can't say anything. But, uh, right, so we've got all those to come and more next week off-screen. In the meanwhile, this has been Candy Store but on-screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Case Jones, Bloodlight and Bammy. And we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off-Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, Podcast extra bits. Extra bits. Extra bits of pod. More podding. More podding for you. More podding for your buck. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you hear the words Door of the Explorer, yeah. do you automatically think of Michael Bay? It, well, I mean, Swiper is an annoyance who reappears no matter how often you want him to or how often you wish he'd go away. So, yes, very much like, like Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah, yeah, so very much. He's going to produce a live-action Dolby Explorer film. movie. So, oh. but, yeah, that's, that's who you okay. get. That's who you get. Who, who are we going to cast as Dora? Is there an eight-year-old Mexican actress that you can immediately think of? Probably just get that last but was in the last Transformers. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Just get her. She, she's about 14, so a little bit. Yeah. I- Isabella Mona, that's her name. Isabella Mona, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, of yeah. course, in this, Dora will have, like, a 21-year-old sister. <laughs> Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan who will Fox, dress yeah. exclusively in belts and, like, yes. nothing else. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. you, mean, you mean waist chokers. <clears throat> waist that's, chokers. That's the tweet. That's the, the meme that's going around at the minute. God, I want a waist choker. But, oh. Yeah, that's, that's happening. That's terrible. Yeah. Like, Michael Bay doesn't have kids, does he? I don't know. I was actually just going to ask. I don't know if he does. 
Although one does question, how does Michael Bay discover think, the existence of? I think his well? his money is his children. <laughs> <laughs> Goes home at night into his Scrooge McDuck vault, hugs his notes, and says, "You'll yeah. never leave me." He just dives into them. <laughs> <laughs> All the women leave me, but you won't. <laughs> oh God! Do we know anything else about this? Do we explore things? Have a, That's it. I don't. I don't think it's got a writer. It's not got a cast. It's not got a director. It's just oh. that's it. I know someone mocked up a fan poster. Of, I've seen a uh, few. Becky G as Dora. Yeah, <laughs> and Becky G herself put it on Instagram with "How soon can I sign up for this?" Um, I would not be averse to that. If you're going to make a movie, though, I mean, it's it's either a case of you get someone who's age appropriate and, and play it straight, or you go with the meta angle and mm. get like a twenty year old. <laughs> but uh, Laura Croft it. Laura Croft it, indeed, yes. Yeah. Let's get Alicia Vikander. So let's talk about Jigsaw, Mr. Allen. Latest yeah, in the Saw that. series. Mm. Are you a fan? Are you a fan of the series to date? Uh, yes, and I will be seeing this on Sunday. Maybe, maybe on, on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. That's, that's fair. They, they didn't press show this. This is why we're doing it by remote recording and inserting it in after the fact very cleverly and technologically. Um, I know, but the things you can do nowadays... I know, I know. Yeah. So, okay, so it's the is it, is it the eighth one, this one, I think, isn't it? This is technically the eighth. Um, obviously, it's not called Jigsaw 8, or that they've cleverly just titled it Jigsaw. Well, it was called Saw Legacy originally, and when you see the film, you can see yeah. why they've changed it. There is, there is, a, there is a reason it's been changed. <laughs> mm. there, there is a reason it's been changed. Um, it's now Jigsaw. The idea is to set it up as a sort of a soft reboot, but when you actually watch it, it's more like, you know one of those TV revivals we're getting a lot of lately? Oh, there's loads of those. You know, like your Will and Grace, The X-Files, things like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, one of those. It's like that, but it's the Saw series, so it's more or less a direct sequel. Cool. Okay, right. ten years. it's ten years after the death of Jigsaw, so if you're following the continuity, that means it's ten years after Saw 3. Right. Okay. Got you. Which technically technically puts this in 2015. Anyway, uh, so um, there's a whole new series of murders, and uh, there's there's five people who wake up in a room, and they've all got buckets on their heads and chains around their necks, and they're being pulled towards a wall that's lined with circular saws, and this starts in motion a whole new game for, for John Kramer, who's been dead for a decade, and on the outside, you've got a, a pair of coroners who find themselves sort of implicated in it all, and kind of start investigating to try and find what that find out what the hell's going on, how to clear their name, and how to free the people inside. So, it's another day at the Saw office. Yeah, like same same old Saw, sounds like. Same old Saw and dance. Here's a clip. I'm sure you're all wondering why you're here. You deny culpability, no doubt, for the circumstances in which you find yourselves. Salvation can be yours. An offering of blood will set you free. I want to play a game. Mayhem, carnage, screaming, buzzsaws, usual fun the in the usual, world of yeah. Saw. <laughs> all, the, all the fun you've come to expect and more. Um, obviously, Tobin Bell is back, uh, because he kind of has to be in some capacity or other. It just wouldn't be a Saw film. It wouldn't be, would it? And no, no Dina Mayer. None of, the, none, of the, none of the dead characters are back, but obviously uh, uh, he has to be, because you know, he's, he's Jigsaw. He's Jigsaw. Um, <laughs> He's just, well, he has to be. Whether he's dead or alive, he's around. And they do, they are kind of clever with it in one sense, but on the other in the on the other hand, it's kind of a well, you've played this card too many times before for it to really be that surprising. Mm. 
And that's the weird thing. It's really reverent to the Saw mythology. It's really embedded, and it's not got a very good pedigree of writers. It really hasn't. And yet, it's actually pretty sharp, no pun, no pun intended. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, considering that <laughs> the guy that wrote this wrote Good Luck Chuck. I mean, really? Oh, no way. Yeah, that, the the Dane, the Dane, Dane Penguin Dane rom-com. Cook. Yeah. Yeah, Penguin rom-com. You know, we all remember that you, fondly. You, you've got to specify, there are so many Penguin rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a whole subgenre now. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's like this, Mr. Popper's Penguins. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We're going we're gonna to find another one now, you know, just to annoy people. We need to find a third of a trilogy. The third, definitely. I mean, the fourth of the trilogy. We're going with the, the girl and the trilogy. dragon tattoo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the real star, though, are the the real stars are the Spearig brothers who have sort of joined the franchise. They're the new directors, and they they've come from outside of the franchise. So not the usual case of the second director of the the second unit director of the last one has stepped up to be the primary director this time, which yeah. is usually the way. It's usually so the, the case. Spe- yeah. Yeah, so the Spirit Brothers brought us Predestination and Daybreakers, so they're, they're kind of down with the whole horror aesthetic, and they have a, a way of making this look actually pretty interesting. And for one thing, it goes quite rural this time, actually, in a very strange way. You wouldn't think Saw and Rural go together, but they kind of do, and no, it does you ne- work. You never, you never really see the action take place outside in a Saw film. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, this this no. has a very barn barn aesthetic. I mean, you might have caught that in the trailer. There's lots of farm I did equipment. I see that in the trailer, and, yeah. 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 Um, usual band of red shirts, you know, for your cast. You've got your yeah. uh, Laura Vandervoort from Saw. You've got um, Mandela Van Peebles, which is one of my favourite names for an actor ever. That's an incredible uh, name. I love that. It name. is, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine being being Mandela and a Van Peebles. That is royalty yeah. twice there. There is someone um, on the planet called Bumble Ward. It's. The- yeah, <laughs> it's bad. you know. Yeah. Um, we've also got on the outs. They're, they're victims. They're two of the victims on the outside playing the cops. You've got Callum Keith Rennie um, from uh, well, from loads of Canadian TV shows. I always remember him from Due South, where he was the second Ray. No way. Yeah, I remember him in Due South. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you yeah. remember the second, the second I used Ray. To love that show, the second Ray. Yeah, yeah, Stanley Kowalski, <laughs> <laughs> which is a terrible name, and his wife's name was Stella. Go for it. I mean, it, it is no. Man, uh, Mandela Van Peebles was it? No, no, it no. ain't. No, it ain't. No. Um, <laughs> but you have got uh, uh, I think his name's Jerry Passmore, who's uh, playing who's playing the the sort of would be lead, as it were. He's one of the two coroners, and he's like an Australian alpha male version of Corey Stoll. <laughs> And I really like it, and he brings genuine gravitas to it that actually does kind of sell it at beyond its schlockiness. Okay. And you think, okay, this guy could pull off yeah. horror in future. I'd, I'd be down for that. I did enjoy it. It is grisly, and it is nasty, and it's all the stuff that you want from a Saw movie that you've come to expect. If you're not a fan, this ain't going to make you a fan. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't reinvent the rusty wheel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't re- doesn't reinvent the rusty the rusty circle yeah. of saw as it were. The rusty circle of uh, saw. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are a fan of the series uh, as it exists so far, if you've been with it since is it two thousand three or two thousand four? It's been around since. I think it's two thousand and four. Yeah. yeah. If, mm. if if you've been a fan of it since then, like I mean, I watched. I've been watching them since they came out. Um, I I was very up for this. I had a good time with it. You know, I laughed. I whooped. I cheered. I grizzled in absolute horror. And uh, I will give it. I have to give it one credit. What's that? There is a gruesome effect that you have seen attempted in so many films. I'm not going to say what it is. You've seen this attempt in so many films, and it always looks naff. And these guys managed to pull it off. It actually does work, just for a change. I'm excited to see that. 
That'll be good. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, so Saw Legacy, as it were, is now Jigsaw. It's in cinemas. Go see it. It's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, there's going to be an X-23 spin-off. X-23? Oh, yeah. oh Logan, uh, Daphne Keane. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, I have feelings on that because I was a fan <laughs> of the books. Feeling so many feelings. I'm feeling all the feelings. Um, you liked Logan, didn't you? Which is I did, I, I loved think. Logan, yeah. yeah. Logan was, I think it was universally liked, wasn't it? No, I think it more or less was. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I read the a couple of the X-23 miniseries that they put out a few years ago, and I think there was X-23 Target X was really good. It was a really, but I think she was meant to be about fourteen, fifteen in it though. So maybe a couple of years sort of on from Logan, more aged on from Logan at least. Yeah, but, I don't know. I think that character worked amazingly well in that film, but I don't know if it could support its own. She was quite mute as well. That was the whole thing. So I'd be interested. I'd be interested yeah. in that actually. <laughs> Just. There was it's, a, it's like the shape of water, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. your protagonist is mute. There's an opportunity though to do right. the, uh, the the superhero version of of Leon with her. Yes. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just have who are the surviving characters from Logan? Who could we use as the as the uh, uh, Jean Reno character? There, well, I think there was it wasn't really anyone. Was, was there, there anyone? No, it wasn't. Nothing but kids survive that film. Yeah, everybody dies. But even even the guy from ER that yeah. showed up for like two minutes, like, he dies. Even Stevie Merchant copped it in that one. I mean, yeah. good God. Okay, so that no one was bleak. Yeah, no Leon. Everyone dies. No Leon for you. <laughs> I'm sure Jean-Marie will turn up. Jean-Marie hasn't been in a superhero movie yet, so... We need more French superheroes. We do. I mean, I'm not including Channing Tatum's uh, Gambit, of course. Cajun. He's Cajun, so he's a yeah, bit french a bit French, yeah. A bit... <laughs> It's just what even is Cage? It's like it's a mishmash of it is a gumbo of, he, of an accent, is. isn't it? It is, Great. yeah. I love but, it. I'm just looking forward to seeing Chantete try that accent. But uh, um, well, he's he's from the south, and I think he, yeah, I think he um, he spent a lot of time like Louisiana and stuff. That would explain how how he actually is so convincing and Logan Lucky actually. Yeah, he's got that drawl down. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy when it was announced. Yeah, like I was like, that's who you get. You need someone of that size. You need a star. You need a star for to that sell particular. Gambit. Yeah. yeah, you absolutely do. Just because you'll get the nerds in, because all nerds love Gambit. It's like just the unwritten rule. Yeah, and in order to sell it to the he mainstream, he's a bit of a weird character. He's a bit. What's his power? I can fling supercharged playing cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, need something else about him. Look at the last time they tried to do something with that character. Why don't Taylor Kitsch? Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, I feel so sorry for Taylor Kitsch. Uh, I don't know. He's I don't a good know. actor. Yeah, he doesn't have a great agent. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't have a great agent. No. Whose agent was I bemoaning recently? Oh, I think it was uh, 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 Brie Larson, wasn't it? Really? I was bemoaning her her agent. You were off that week, that's why, because it wasn't in the top ten. I watched the last, uh, the, the Glass, Glass Castle. Castle. Not yeah, the yeah. last castle, that was the Robert Redford thing with uh, James Gandolfini. <laughs> yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> Very different movie. Oh, man. I forgot all about that film even <laughs> existed. Mark Ruffalo. Mark yeah. Ruffalo was his sidekick, wasn't he? Oh man! How do we, I think that might be the first movie I ever saw Mark Ruffalo in. I need to go back and watch like that and Spy Games and yeah, yeah. That, that that was prime Redford. Right? Have you seen that they're doing um, like Planet Earth but as a film? So they've like recut the BBC footage. So oh no! It's called um, Earth One Day or something like that. We reviewed it last week. Yeah, we actually did. <laughs> That's actually a thing. We actually reviewed this last... It's fine. We review about ten films a week. So you can be completely <laughs> forgiven. Not only did we review it, you sat and listened to a clip and then said, that sounds quite good. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, case It happens. I forget entire movies I've seen I before. saw the trailer for it yesterday and was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a recut. It's actually a completely original... Uh, is it? Because it's yeah. got... 
I thought it might have been a recap because it's got the lizard running away from snakes. I, no, so no, I it's, it's just, I think that's just this, you can get that footage easily, I think. <laughs> so, no, they have done it, they've done it all from scratch. So it's a completely intentionally feature length one shot they've done. I was going to bring it around to a point as well, and I've gone completely off the rails. Do you not remember me saying that in certain parts of the world, Jackie Chan does the voiceover? I didn't remember you coming into my house earlier today. Okay, fair enough. I thought you were just always here. Okay, fair enough. Um, Actually, I do remember what you say about about Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's why I thought it sticks out. Um, Okay, so what was the point you were swinging back to with Robert Redford? I can't remember. (laughs) I honestly can't remember. (laughs) What were we even talking about? I about Dora. We were talking about X-23. How did we get from X-23... We were talking about oh how bad Gambit. Brie Larson's agent was, and then I confused the glass castle with the last. Do you know castle. who else's agent? I feel needs to be shown the door. Ours. We have agents. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Toby Kebbell. Yes, yes. Toby, Toby Kebbell's agent needs talking to clearly because yeah. that that's a great actor who's just not getting great work. No, he's um, just becoming like that bargain villain guy. Kind of is a he's bit. So much better than that. Well, how thankless is he in uh, Kong Skull Island? Yeah, really thankless. I mean, ignoring the fact that he plays Kong... Yeah, he, the, he, he, he does some of the mocap, doesn't he? Does some of the mocap for Kong? Well, I think it was, it was him and Terry Notary as well. I think something... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Notary, isn't it? Notary yeah. Notari. The guy um, was in the square. Yeah. yeah. But, like, his human element in that film is more... <clears throat> you could have locked that out for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. This is why, why are you there? I mean, it's been so long since he stole the show in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. But Great film. Should have been a franchise. Should have been a franchise. Been a franchise. How dare you make Pirates a series and not this. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we do uh, our final review of the week, then? Should we talk about The Shining? It's back. It's in cinemas. It's now... Is it 37 years old, this film, now? It's 1980, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So it's back for no reason other than it's Halloween. It's Halloween, yeah. And, uh, well, it's got a new uh, seven-minute documentary attached to it, uh, which is yet another think piece about The Shining. I don't know if you've ever seen... So, like, Room room 237. I think you know how I feel about Room 237. I think you know how I feel about it. Yeah, good God. Um, So, anyway, The Shining... We don't really need to do much of a review for this one, because it's, you know, it's the classic... It's The Shining. Yeah, it's, it's machining. Odds are you've seen it. Odds are you've seen the Simpsons parody of it. Odds are <laughs> I watched it two nights ago. Actually. Exactly. You may well have seen Room Two Three Seven. You may well have seen the Made for Sci Fi Channel remake of this. So Jack Torrance, the author, takes a job as the winter caretaker for the Overlook Hotel. Mm. Starts to lose his mind, or is he? Maybe a ghost, or is he? Starts to get a little bit murderous, or is he? And in the meanwhile, his son happens to be a psychic. And Scatman Carruthers is in it. And Scatman Carruthers is in it, and he has the greatest name ever. Here's a clip. What should be done with him? I don't know. I don't think that's true. I think you have some very definite ideas about what should be done with Danny. And I'd like to know what they are. Uh, uh, well, I, I think maybe he should be taken to a doctor. You think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? <laughs> when do you think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? As soon as possible. 
as soon as possible. Jack Nicholson there and Shelley Duvall, and he's so good in this movie, isn't he? Yeah, she is as well. She went through some stuff. Oh, she, well, she was like, by all accounts, outright tortured by this movie. Yeah, she she was losing clumps of hair. Yeah. One point. Um, you, you watch it Worked now. Worked good, didn't it? It did. Guess yeah. results. Can't argue it, it with a man who gets results. Yeah, it holds up, doesn't it? It absolutely, to this day, maintains yeah. the well, tell, tell Stephen King that. Yeah, tell Stephen tell King. Tell Steph King. But uh, for my money, it's, it's probably the most... Most iconic, I would second most iconic Stanley Kubrick film after 2001. Do you think? Uh, hmm. I'd, I'd say arguably, and then maybe Doctor Strange Love in third. I don't know. Because yeah. I probably put Doctor Strange Love and Full Metal Jacket. Ooh, same. yes, yes, good point. But uh, the thing, I, uh, watching this back, the thing that really surprised me actually is is that Jack Nicholson performance. And you think this is only ten or so years after uh, Flew of the Coo's Nest, mm. so he's still in his leading man prime. And it's amazing how well he goes for the full dramatic, unhinged psychopath. Yeah, he, he goes moment. full Jack, doesn't he? Um, but it's also it, the Shining for me maintains that maintains its position as that masterclass of framing that that. You just the way it uses its iconography and its its film yeah. student credentials. It's when and- it zooms in on the overlook hotel and oh, yeah. the lake and stuff and uh yeah, I've not watched it in reverse. A lot of people say watch it in reverse. I've heard that as well. I'm also not mad. <laughs> exactly. So. I'm not insane and I'm never watching Room Two Three Seven again. Yeah. No, there's, there's a theory well, there's a few theories about, but one of them it says if you if you've got it on two different screens, if you play one forwards and one backwards, it kinda lines up. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That is because there are a lot of shots repeated that would lead to lead to like that, 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 mm. uh, that theory. I might be interested yeah. to do it once, but um, I mean, short on time, aren't I? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm going to die at some point. I'm going to spend all the time <laughs> watching films backwards and watching them forwards. This films I actually want to watch. It also <laughs> totally syncs up to Dark Side of the Moon. But, uh, oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Or did, uh, do you know that's true of Wizard of Oz? And Wizard Dark of Oz, we say. Right, so are there any other films where that's actually ever been proven? Like it syncs up to an album? I'm going to try it with Dora the Explorer when it comes out. <laughs> Dora the Explorer and Master of Puppets. There we are. That totally works. <laughs> Dora! Dora! I could totally believe that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, do you want to give me a last piece of film news for the week? Right, so... Um... Hmm. Who do you think is the most profitable actor of the last 40 years? Uh, Steven Seagal. I mean, he's got to be on the list, hasn't he? Somewhere. I mean, he's earning 12 million for every one of those direct-to-DVD action movies he does. And there's a lot. If you go to Tesco, yeah. you'll find at least five. Oh, exactly. They're, they're pretty much buy one, get one free. This day, they're universally. Look, who is it, though? Go on. <laughs> now, I, I, think, I think they just get one free. I don't think you have to buy them anymore. I, I, I'm convinced the process for those movies is literally, is there a rapper that Steven Seagal hasn't made a movie with yet? Oh, who? Uh, oh, Chance the Rapper. Okay, get him in with Seagal. I'd see that. Yeah, you've got a movie. I'd really see that. Yeah. And they team up to try to save Chicago. Exactly. Because Chance the Rapper is obviously... Always Chicago. Always Chicago, that boy. (laughs) Have you watched any of those Seagal movies recently? I mean, no. They are terrible. Hey, if I've not got the time to watch The Shining in Reverse, I'm not going to watch a new Steven Seagal film. (laughs) That's fair. Priorities. I would would watch uh, Executive uh, Decision again, though. No. Okay. I'd, I would watch that again. I watched it recently. Kurt Russell. Kurt, oh, yeah. yeah. Johnny Legs, though. Johnny it's Legs? It's all about Johnny Legs, man. It's always about... And David Suchet is an Arab terrorist. Is Halle Berry in it? Yes, Halle Berry yeah. is the sort of kind of love interest. <laughs> sort of, kind of, maybe-ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will uh, I will take you out of uh, suspense. The most profitable actor of the last 40 years is, of course, Emilio Estevez. Oh, okay. This this news. Of course it is. Of course, I, I did read this. It, it's based on a dollar spent for dollar earned ratio, isn't yes. it? Right. So he's got a figure. Like for every dollar spent on him, what is it that he earns? 
I six bucks on that. Six seventy. Six dollars. So for oh, every yeah. dollar you spend on one of his movies, budget wise, you get six dollars seventy back. Do you want to know who the runners up are? Go on. These all these people would like never be in a sentence together. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean Claude Van Damme, obviously. Fair enough. Four twenty. Um, Mel Gibson, three fifty. Okay. Tree fifty. Gibson gets tree fifty. Tree fifty. Okay. Tyler Perry. Oh God. Three dollars. And uh, when you think Tyler Perry, you think Dudley Moore. Of course, yeah, snatch, yeah, totally. Yeah, they were partners for a long time, are they? Like, after... <laughs> Dudley Moore even make movies anymore? Isn't this... Hang on, this goes back to 1980, doesn't it? It's 80 yeah, Dudley Moore, yeah. famously long dead. Long oh, dead. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a... Hang on, there's a female list as well. No, hang on. Emilio Let's Estevez, find the female one. Emilio Estevez is the highest male star, but I think the highest overall star is a woman. Yeah. Okay, go on. Because I, who could, do you think? I could, exp- I know who it is, and I can explain it to you. It's Rose Byrne. It is isn't Rose it? Byrne. You know the actual explanation for that? What's that? Rose Byrne was in Star Wars twice. That's how it works. Is she in the posse? She's in uh, Amidala's posse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's in Star Wars movies, so of course the budget Man. for those movies. Yeah, which is kind of weird because you would assume Kate Blanchett now. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. But but why? Why her and not like? Because Samuel, she's not been in that many films. So. Right. Is that why, is we, that- get a, we get a similar poll every year that's highest grossing stars. And Samuel L. Jackson tends to come quite high in those because he stars in so many franchises. Yeah, and, and of, Star Wars. Well, exactly. Um, different, different thing entirely because she stars in a lot of low-budget movies. This mm. is this is the, how the balance works. If you star in low budget movies, your ratio is actually going to be better than if you're George Clooney and you only star in yeah. thirty or forty million ones. So, like Brad Pitt, ten cents. Yeah. Johnny Depp, 20 cents. Exactly. Yeah. This is the thing. If you only star in big films, your ratio will be lower. So basically, Jackman, do a made-for-TV <laughs> movie every now and again. Exactly. You do a TV movie like Will Ferrell and uh, Kristen Wiig did, and uh, you, you're set, man. You're absolutely wow. set. <laughs> I, How, I love that news so much. Oh, God. How did Nicolas Cage not make this list? How did Nicolas Cage How not make this not? list? How did he not? Because Bangkok Dangerous can't cost very much. <laughs> I don't think Nick Cage has seen a profit in a long time because he it just it goes on like castle mortgages, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's got to buy mortgages. he's got to buy more like dinosaur eggs. Oh god! Did you think how more, do you more think motorbikes? You, everyone on like snake oil. How do you think the insurance company responds? Like Nicholas Cage phones up every year. Hi, it's time for my renewal. Um, I want to insure my castles. How, <laughs> yeah. how does that work? I want to insure my uh, my. Uh, documents I got from National Treasure. <laughs> yes, I need, to- I, I need to ensure the Declaration of Independence. On which note, here it is. Your moment of National Treasure Cage. It's a clue. These twins stand resolute. Let's see. Resolute twins. Resolute. Resolute. And then twins. Siamese twins. Siam. Trade routes between France and Thailand? Well, that, that's ridiculous. HMS Resolute, a British ship that got lost in the Arctic in the 1800s. It was salvaged by American whalers. Then Congress sent it back to England. When the ship was finally retired, Queen Victoria had two desks made from its timbers. Voila, Resolute Twins.